Welcome and thank you for visiting us for today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis. For more information regarding our ministry, please stay tuned until after the following message. Isaiah chapter 55, I'm sorry, and verse 6. I was close. Hallelujah. I think you can read this verse 6 with me if you put it on the screen. Ready? Go. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Now I read the next verse. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the righteous man, his thoughts, excuse me, the unrighteous man, his thoughts. Let them return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. There's the condition. There's the condition. Number one, seek the Lord while he may be found. You know, the Bible says that his spirit will not always strive with man. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Here's the good deal. He can be found today. If you'll seek him. Then the Bible said again, call upon him while he is near. There's a time when the Bible explains to us that people will call and he will not answer. There will come a time that he will not be near. The good thing is, He is near today. We've gathered together in the name of Jesus. And He said He'd be here in our midst. And I, I trust that that is correct. That's what the Bible says. I believe it. Praise the Lord. You can't reason it out. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Then verse 7, it gets a little tougher. Let the wicked forsake his way. That means any person that's not born again... It's classified in that group. Do you understand that your neighbor might be a good old boy, but if he's not born again, he is not a child of God. And I say that with a heavy heart. The good thing is, God is near. You can call today and you can get right with God today. But it's up to you to take that step. That first step is the most difficult step to take because Satan stands to oppose and stop you. He wants to take you down and God wants to take you up. You must choose. The next thing in verse 7, let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. And so the unsaved people are not thinking right. The thought process has much to do with the way we are. Then, to the unsaved, he said, let him return to the Lord. Hey, you can give back to God. God, the word of God says that God will have mercy upon you. I like mercy. Because if we all got what we deserved, we'd be dead and in the flames of torment right now. However, God's had mercy. 
Why? Well, he chose to have mercy. He has mercy on whom he chooses to have mercy on. And whom he doesn't choose to have mercy on, he doesn't have mercy. The good thing is, you're sitting on the word of God this morning. The ministry of Christ is here. And God has chosen to have mercy on you. But you must accept it. Return unto our God. The Bible says, and God will pardon you. Not only pardon, but abundantly pardon. Wow, that's like a guy on death row getting ready to go to the electric chair. And the governor says, he's pardoned. We were all needing the pardon. God will abundantly pardon anyone that chooses to come his way. His way is the way of the cross. The way of the cross leads home. The way of the cross enables us to receive the pardon. The way of the cross helps us approach God on the merits of the Son and not ourselves. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 this morning. Praise the Lord in verse 18. Hallelujah. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed from the same image, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, I was talking to a a person the other day, and we both admitted that we need to be changed. Everybody say change. How many likes to have a change of, uh, mm, let's see, clothes? Or do you wear the same ones all the time? I found myself wearing most of the same clothes all the time. The good news is, is my wife washes them. Hallelujah. And sometimes irons them if I plug in the iron. Hallelujah. We need to be... (laughs) We need change. Turn to somebody, you need to change. (laughs) Praise God. We are changed. Now, how does this come about? Well, this means we're changed into Christ-likeness. There comes a place that if we allow the Lord to change us by seeking Him and so forth and so on, simple things, then there'll come a time that your friends and family and even your dog will say, who's that person? Uh, That person's different than what he used to be. I remember the story of an alcoholic that he'd come in... uh, and kick the dog and cuss the dog and scream at the kids and throw things, this and that, and shouting a loud voice in the house, and the children were scared and didn't run hiding under the bed. But one day he came in to the house, and he was loud, but he was praising God with no alcohol on his breath. And the kids go, What's wrong with Daddy? Mama said, Oh, Daddy got saved today. (laughs) I tell you what, this is the best way to live, folks. Praise God. Christ-likeness. Only the activity of the Holy Ghost can bring about this in our lives. That's my concern in the modern-day church today. 
There's a lot of everything except one thing. Activity of the Holy Ghost in our midst and in our hearts and lives. And that is a shame. I refuse to walk in the ditch that most people walk in. I wouldn't go to a church that rejects the Holy Ghost. You hear what I'm saying? And I wouldn't listen to a preacher that mocks speaking in tongues either. Can I go on now, please? We need change. Now, the first thing this morning is change is instantaneous and yet progressive. Don't think you got it all when you got born again. Nobody has received it all. Not yet. Second Corinthians 5.17 tells us that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or a new creation. All his sinful past is gone. Like the old gospel song, what sins are you talking about? I don't remember them anymore. Praise the Lord. This speaks of the new birth. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And so in that sense then, we are changed in a moment of time. The moment that you bowed the knee and made Jesus the Lord of your life through prayer and simple childlike faith, receiving Him as Savior and Lord, you were changed. It takes a lifetime to figure out what happened. But during the process, we, discovered that we discover that we are continually being changed into the glory and the image of the Son of God. I want you to turn to somebody else and say, you sure are Christ-like looking this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, it's a faith statement. It's a faith statement. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> He's still working on us to make us what we ought to be, right? But the devil knows what we are. And we're more than conquer through Christ Jesus. He's scared. He's, he, he, he throws the bluff, but he can't do anything to a born-again, spirit-filled child of God. We have authority over him. Now, let's look at 2 Peter 3.18 this morning. Praise the name of the Lord. This is the part two to being changed. After we, we get the initial change concerning the new birth, now we are going to all be changed. If we allow the Holy Spirit activity in our hearts and lives, you can rest assured He's going to change us. We don't like change. We're creatures of habit. But those habits must be broken. We need to grow on. But grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. And everybody said amen to that. Grow in grace. Quit struggling and just trust God to help you grow in grace. We don't realize we're growing. Just like we don't realize we grow physically until the shoes get too small and the belt gets too small. <laughs> Amen. I put on a white shirt this morning that was too small. This, this shirt is shrunk. What's going on here? Some of you older saints, you understand what I'm talking about. It's the washing machine's fault. That's the problem. 
Grow in grace. Quit struggling. Trust God. We're all growing. If you're under the word of God, you will grow. Sever yourself from the authority of the word of God. You will checkmate. Now, change involves transformation. Say transformation. I want to look this morning at Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, that's not the only aspect in transformation. And I'm talking about being changed. Hallelujah. That ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. If we're having problems today finding out the will of God... We need to be transformed. Now, I, I don't like the cartoon, the Transformers. I don't like that. It isn't real. It's a cartoon, folks. But the truth is, we need to be transformed. It isn't a one-time deal. If we're not being transformed from glory to glory and being changed into more Christ-likeness as we go along through life's journey, then we have an absence of Holy Spirit activity. Say, ouch or amen. If we have an absence of Holy Spirit activity, we need to be changed so we can have activity. The abundant life only comes through change. Let me say it again. The abundant life only comes to us through change. You've got to find out who you are in Christ to accept the change. Praise God. And then the second verse I want to look at concerning transformation change is Philippians chapter 2, if I can speak. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Now here's something I want you to not, not, don't try to figure it out. Accept it by faith. If you're born again, you can't struggle to make it happen. It happens as you submit yourself to the authority of Christ, doing the general will of God, sitting under the word of God. It happens. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Say it with me out loud. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Now how did Jesus think? How do we think? Everybody say, we need to be transformed. We need to renew our mind and begin to think like the Son of God thinks. The Bible does say, as He is, so are we in this world. Amen. I'd say if we judge ourselves right now, we all need to be changed a little bit more, don't we? Yes, we do. It starts in the heart, goes to the mind, comes out the mouth. It starts in the heart, goes to the mind, comes out the mouth. It starts in the heart, goes to the mind, comes out the mouth. Starts in the heart, goes in the mind, comes out the mouth. One, two, three. Not reverse. Now, in order to be changed and experience transformation, we need revival and reformation. Now, what is reformation? Everybody say reformation. We think about being reformed. Well, there's no transformation without reformation. No change until 
We have transformation and reformation plus revival. Reformation comes by a rediscovery of the Word of God. And so does revival. The truth is, we should never go anywhere without the Word of God close by. If it isn't in our hearts, we can find it in the the Scripture. All the dilemmas in life are answered in the Scripture. When we accept God's way, the Holy Spirit begins to participate with us in life's journey. He's holding on to us in the storm. Yes, amen. Reformation comes by rediscovering the Word of God. We need to rediscover God's Word. It is the only inspired book in the world, the only final authority. Then revival. Everybody said revival. Now, a friend of mine said, I don't want to admit I need revival. That means I'm dead. Not quite dead. Now, there are those in the Bible that were twice dead. No hope. Say revival. All right. Simply means I'm going to return to God. Which means... I'm not as close as I used to be. I'm not talking about salvation now. I'm talking to the church. Those whose names in the book of life. Those that are new creatures in Christ Jesus. The world comes in. The cares of this life comes in. And we begin to get a little slack in our walk with God. Some of you will never change. If you're content... Walking with a limp like Jacob, then go ahead. Maybe you'll get into heaven and maybe you won't. I'm not the judge, but I'm telling us all right now, we need revival and we need reformation. Back in the yesteryear, we had little old ladies in the back room that could pray pray the fire down and pray the glory down. We'd come out and enjoy the anointing. We thought, well, it happens that way every time. No, the secret is prayer. In the closet, with nobody around except the Holy Ghost. How do we get revival? It means a returning to God. Revival, how many wants revival? First off, am I wasting my time today? I'm okay, preacher. No, you're not. You already admitted you need to be changed and transformed. Amen. Wasn't thinking good enough. Revival involves, you're not going to like this, but this is the truth. Revival, if we want revival, there's two aspects to it. Obedience and commitment. Hey, those two aspects to this thing. Obedience and commitment. Find something to preach to around here. Obedience and commitment. Yes, hallelujah, I feel that glory to God. 
Now you nodheads, listen to me. Obedience and commitment, or there will be no revival. God's going to pour out His Spirit in the last days. And God help us to be set on a shelf somewhere and miss out on this thing. Might miss out on the rapture too because of disobedience and non-commitment. You're telling them, preach. I'm telling everyone you not hits the D. Wake up! Try to keep your soul out of hell. I'll be the first to admit, I must have revival for me. Church folks got a way of dragging you down to their ditch. I refuse to walk there. Amen. My preaching all right. I must have transformation. I must have a change from glory to glory. I must have a renewal in the spirit, man. I must have more Holy Ghost activity and anointing, not only for here to withstand the storms of life and ministry, but to go overseas and carry the everlasting gospel with signs and wonders following the Word of God. I must have it. If I don't, God will say, you're failed. Not only have I failed, but you will have failed to pray and support me. Oh, it's offering time. Hallelujah. No. It involves obedience to God's word and commitment to his will. <laughs> yes, I'm committed, glory to God. I'll be in church. Hallelujah. Next Sunday, well, you know, you know, something come up. Yeah, that devil's going to bring something up in your life every Sunday and every Wednesday and every Sunday night. But we should be a servant of God every day. We come to church. It's a hospital. It's a place to get the contaminants of the world off of us and be restored to fellowship with Christ on fire for God come Monday. Go to the job and get the boss saved. Glory to God. Amen. Number two, revival involves this decision. Everybody says decision time. I must stop wandering around with every wind of doctrine. Hopping from church to church. Not wanting the pastor to correct me. If you don't have a pastor to correct you, you don't have a pastor. Just fooling yourself. It involves this decision I must make. I must stop allowing the wondering process that humans do. Wondering in your mind, wandering here and there, getting slothful, slip sliding along. And then secondly, I must seek God. Everybody say seek God. I must seek God. Now he promised us if we'd seek him, we'd find him if we search for him with all of our heart. God was not pleased with some people in the Old Testament because they didn't serve Him with their whole heart. Listen to me. A half-hearted commitment God will not accept. I'm speaking for God today. A half-hearted obedience God will not accept. It's either going to be all the way 
or forget it. In order for transformation to come, can you take this today? You're going to have to. In order for transformation to come, I must admit something. (laughs) I need revival. (laughs) Well, I've got pride. I'm not going to admit that. That's a negative confession. Stay like you are. I'm looking for some people today that will admit we need revival and we need it fast. That'll bring a positive confession. Amen to that. Just confessing something's not going to bring a revival. It means nothing without obedience, dedication, and consecration to the known will of God. On the other hand, if you, do, if you are in obedience to God, if you are committed to His will, the, 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 the confession and declaration of faith means everything. Sets the enemy back. Moves obstacles in your life. Brings revival to your heart because your heart is now in tune with your mind and your mouth and you are speaking, thus saith the Lord, to your circumstance, to your life, to your physical body, to your surroundings, to your community, to the spiritual atmosphere that we combat. We take dominion. In these last days, we must come up to God's expectancy. I'm concerned we're all substandard. I'm talking to the church. If you don't think you're substandard, what kind of conversations do you have throughout the week with the world? Well, you're football, basketball, baseball, hallelujah, McDonald's, you know. As the world turns, and this man sleeping with that man, and all that nonsense... You're perverting your own soul by talking that way. Must be in your heart to say that, say those things, or you wouldn't say it. But you know, somewhere or another, if we're as spirit-filled as we claim, during the process, we can switch over to what really matters. The conversation that really matters, what says Jesus? He matters. Praise the Lord. If I cannot switch the conversation with the ungodly over to a subject that concerns Jesus and salvation when the Holy Spirit prompts me to, I'm not saying the Holy Spirit does it every time, but a lot of times we tune him out and he wants to. We need to be changed. We should never push out the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I don't care how many people get upset. So we're called to be witnesses. Amen. Which is an evidence we need transformation and change if we can't talk about Jesus freely with people that need God. Amen, praise the Lord. I need revival. If you want revival, I'm going to tell you how to get it. Number one, you must admit that you need it. (laughs) And if you don't, that's pride. An old clergyman years ago, he told me, he told the whole class, he said, if you're not as close to God today as you were yesterday, you backslid. 
I used to laugh at that, but now I... I can't seem to hear God, some people say. You know, the secret to this thing is prayer. Everybody say prayer. Now, it doesn't mean you have to roll on the floor and squall and ball and cry and all that stuff all the time, which is all flesh. It's not going to help anything. Now, there's a time and a place for that. We do that sometimes. We laugh, we cry. You know, there's a response. But God responds to faith, not your flesh. So you're to pray in faith. And we think, well, oh Lord, now bless us for, you know, and this and that would, and Brother Mooney's got the flu, and this and that, and we go through all this stuff, you know. Sister Sal stabbed me in the back and everything, but you know, God bless her, I'll forgive her. We go through, amen. And you've got enough sense to say Jesus' name. God won't answer a single prayer till you pray in Jesus' name. Can't. He works through the name. But we've forgotten that prayer is a two-way conversation. We don't even give God time to talk back to us. We need to have God to speak to us. Tell us what to do. We need to respond to His voice. I wish God would speak to me. He already has. His voice shall be heard and the power of His word. God is not obligated to say the same thing twice. When he says it once, bless the Lord Jesus, that is it. Call upon me, I'll answer you. I'll show you great and mighty things that you know not. You know, Sunday morning, you people remind, remind me of some old chickens I had out there years ago. And I'd go out there and feed them chickens. Their heads would go like that. Just happy as can be, pecking at that corn. And I fed them chickens, I fed them chickens, and they never laid an egg. So I got upset. If that's where you're going to be, I'm turning you out, bless the Lord. I turned them chickens out, didn't give them any grain. They started eating bugs and running around and digging and worms, and they started laying like crazy. So that's what I'm going to do to you. Make yeats and worms, glory to God. <laughs> you can get so fed up with the word sometimes, you get lazy. Because if you hear the word and don't do it, what? You deceive yourself. In order for transformation to come, I must admit I need revival. Which means I need to return to God and His word. How many brought your Bibles today? Put your hand on it and confess with me now. This is the Word of God. It is inspired of God. It is a final authority. It is my roadmap to heaven. It is a sword of the Spirit. When the Holy Ghost activates it in my heart and life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Then that word is to be spoken out your mouth. Or what good is it? Just because you're okay on the inside, if you don't ever speak revelation word out of your mouth, how's that help anybody else, huh? It's selfish. 
And you know what? Listen now. You can't stay full of the Holy Spirit if you don't give out. He'll leak out. Then you'll be just a dry Christian. I don't want to be a dry Christian. Glory to God. I've got to find somebody somewhere that wants to hear something about God. You've got to get radical about this thing. Amen. The Word of God brings all these aspects to us. The Holy Ghost then is active in us. In other words, the Holy Ghost makes us alive. I have a little saying that I say sometimes. A church alive is worth the drive. And the walk. You add that. <laughs> I know there's a time and a place for everything. That's never the same around here. But there are times the Holy Ghost power moves. Which is getting to be a rarity in these last days. In lots of churches. We don't want to lose that. Amen. I'm made alive. God's word is true. We know that this is the reason the devil wants to change the word. Because the stupid devil knows God's word is true. That's why he tries so many different ways to change it. To water down half-truths, this and that, different translations, so forth and so on. Water this thing down to where it doesn't mean anything. It's corrupted by sinful men. Most of these men that translate the scripture are not even saved. Now, let's look at Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. I'm going to have to quit before I get stoned today. Praise the Lord. You tell them stones are going to come back and get you. <laughs> Raise not your hand against God's northern, do his prophets no harm. And if you do, you'll pay the price. Now, I like this verse in Colossians 1 and verse 13. Who has delivered us? Let me ask you, who has delivered us? Who? Jesus, of course. Jesus has delivered us from the power of darkness. Can I have the big revival amen right there? Not going to. Has. And. Hath is past tense. Translated us. Into the kingdom of his dear son. And whom we have redemption through his blood. Even the forgiveness of sins. That ought to get us in some kind of sparked up revival here. And desirous change because we're already in the door. Praise God. Might as well go all the way. Now, we experience translation. When we understand we've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated. I've already been translated. Now, I lost some of you. I've already been translated. What do you mean? It's spirit. My spirit's been resurrected to walk in newness of life. I'm not my own. Jesus is the boss. He's the provider. Holy Spirit's the sustainer. I've got a message next week I've got to, I've got to give to this church, Lord willing. 
And that is titled, The Sustainer. Praise God. I have been translated. We're thinking now, well, when we get to heaven, we'll get translated. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Everybody say, wait. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness? Was he writing to folks in heaven? And translated us to the kingdom of his dear son. I'm already in the kingdom. I've already been translated into the kingdom. I'm in the kingdom of God now. If you're born of the Spirit of God, you're in the kingdom of God. If you're not born again, not saved, you're not in the kingdom of God. The good news is if you'll seek God and call upon Him in sincere prayer, you can get into the kingdom of God before it's too late. And that time is fast approaching for the last altar call I'll be given. Now I realize I am forgiven. Forgiveness is such a wonderful thing. I realize I am redeemed by the blood of Christ. Verse 14 says. I realize I have been already translated and placed in the kingdom of God. you enjoyed today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis, pastor and overseer of Zion Ministries International. For more information regarding our ministry and mission, please visit us online at zwmi.com. Once again, that's zwmi.com. Or visit us on Facebook at Zion Word Ministries International.